Hi, everybody. I am so excited to have one of my girlfriends on the show today, Ms. Jasmine Vo, former ESPN host, former dancer. She was on Bring It On, <laughs> everybody. Okay. And in high school, she was captain of the cheerleading squad. Yes, I was. <laughs> All American for years. <laughs> and then she transitioned into, I would say you're like the queen of luxury hospitality here in Hollywood. <laughs> she opened That's Soho true. House, worked with SBE Group. She knows like everyone. I consider you my fun, resourceful friend <laughs> in Hollywood. I'm very social. You're very social. But I'm not social at the same time. I'm very social for work. And then I'm like, very when you have to be when I have to be. And then I'm very like recluse. Yes, I see both sides of you. Yeah, and I like that. I'm a what do they call it? like an extrovert introvert? There is a term for There's that. There's a term but, for but that, that. That it's both. Yeah, whatever that is. That's like who I am. Yeah, you're good at that. <laughs> I feel like I can be both. I could turn. I know how to turn on for work, but yours are more extreme when you're on your on. Yeah, that's funny because somebody said that to me the other day. They like went out with me. And it was the first time they had seen the other side of me because, you know, I'm, we, you and I are very one on one individuals, like when we spend quality time with people. And someone went out with me somewhere and they were like, oh my God, what is that? And I was like, that's the Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> is that what she's called? Yeah. That's the Phoenix. She she comes out from time to time when uh, I need her to come out. Okay. So we're here today to talk about dating as a single yeah. woman in LA because I had some requests for some single females to come on the show. People probably just want to hear some relatable stories yeah. because- I I mean I experienced some of it before I, I met Pete, but he, which is a, he's a doll. <laughs> we <laughs> love him, Pete. Shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> Pete and Jasmine actually have similar jobs, jobs actually. <laughs> so they talk about work. I like to think that you married me, a male version of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's usually actually I sometimes I give that piece of advice. Like your partner should be almost like one of your friends that you're yeah. sexually attracted to. 1000%. 1000%. Yeah. I a lot of people argue with me on that because they're like I don't want to I don't want to have friend vibes because then we're not going to have lots of sex and I'm like no you're not listening That's to what you're sexually attracted to. to exactly. <laughs> I'm like you're not listening to me. You're listening to respond, you're not listening to me. Yeah. So I get that. <laughs> I agree with you. Let's rewind a bit. How is dating like in your 20s? Uh, messy messy <laughs> it's messy what it, was it's, it fun though it was so much fun and shout out to anybody who met me when i was drunk Shh, you welcome for the fun time <laughs> <laughs> a little bit a little backstory of how far i've come like on the other spectrum i grew up in like the suburbs of san diego my parents worked really hard to live in a zip code that was safe for our family. The caveat to that was I was like the only person of color. So finding my identity and representation of me was not seen. You know, we didn't have social media then. And I was never like the popular girl. But, you know, I was never asked to go to dances. Nobody really had a crush on me. And then, you know, I moved to L.A. and it's like, Boom. <laughs> Jasmine got she is pretty. The token. <laughs> the token Asian. She she is gorgeous. And um I was so naive. And being 
in luxury hospitality, what a lot of people don't know, and you know, you never knock anybody in hospitality, is we mingle with the top 3% of people in the world all the time. And so, you know, the experience of dating, I'm not going to name drop, but like professional athletes or actors or just affluent men, I just, I didn't even know. It was like a train coming for me. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun, you know. I would say I'm queen of dating fun guy. And your 20s, you just have so much time. You know, you don't think about, I don't know, I, I just didn't think about the things that you should think about. But what I noticed that I did was I was trying to like hub up everybody I was dating, which was such a mistake. <laughs> Coming from an Asian American background, you know, your family has so many lists of who you should date, you should be married by 23, have five kids by your 20, you know, whatever. So there's that pressure. And I would be lying to say that it wasn't in the back of my mind, right? I think in your 20s, you're still a kid. I I think so. Some people might argue with me, but I was still a kid dating these grownups. Even if he was 28 and I was 23, he's lived way more life than I have coming out of like San Diego and, and all of that. So I really had some hard lessons in my 20s, but I'm thankful for them. Lots of lots of heartbreaks, a lot of um, toxic masculinity that I had to, I think when I hit 30, I said, just we're not doing that. We're, we're not doing this. I mean, would you say that you choose differently now? Or? Absolutely. I used to think I'm a very passionate person and I used to want that passion in my relationship. And with that comes a lot of roller coasters, right? It's like lots of up and ups and downs. And in my 30s, it's all about protecting my peace now with friends or with lovers or partners, I should say, and lovers. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely choose differently. Okay, so now you're looking for more peace in regarding the main relationship in your life right it's it's more of like uh I would say someone who like compliments me I think life is so hard as it is and what I do for a living is so hard but rewarding at the same time with great risk comes great reward and I just cannot deal with somebody who's just like this anymore. I don't have space for it. It's a lot of energy. It is a lot of energy. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my 20s, I didn't know how to articulate my feelings. And I didn't know how to express what I needed. I think women, especially of color and especially Asian women, were taught to, like, look down, suppress it, keep it trucking. And I found myself in moments, so embarrassing now, but I would just blow up at my significant other. I mean, I burnt down the house, not literally, but like when I was <laughs> upset, it was just like, you felt my wrath for sure. And now it's, I would never do that now. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's all learning. We've all done stuff. Like I'll throw your sh out on the lawn. <laughs> like, like, it just was horrible. <laughs> but I mean, to a certain degree, that drama was fun to some degree. Or no? It's funny now. I mean, I was really spicy. <laughs> like, you still are. I mean, I am still you have your spicy. Moments. I have my moments. I'm a firm believer, even if you're really, really upset, you just should not I, cross 
align. I agree. Even if you're upset, uh, I think mutual respect should be the baseline. It's right. okay if you don't agree with somebody. Exactly. But have respect for people. But I was drinking a lot too. Mm. <laughs> you know, I was heavily, heavily going out, throwing down 1942, drinking a lot of Cristal or Dom Perignon. And in those moments, you should never fight when you're drunk. No, it's no. Like, never. <laughs> Do not have any kind of productive conversation <laughs> when you are drinking. drinking. <laughs> Note to self. Note to self. Can we talk about being cheated on? Oof. I have experienced that quite a bit in my life. Okay, multiple times. Multiple times. I can always speak on my personal experience living in Los Angeles and and dating, you know, a certain type of man um, who has endless resources. Not that I like could blame them, but they like lots of women and they have acts. They have like the capabilities to juggle a lot without making that effort. So I dated the fun guy, (laughs) which in turn I got cheated on a lot. How did you find out about the cheating? Um, some Sometimes it was women walking up to me and just saying, I slept with your boyfriend last week. Sometimes it was, <laughs> I'm going to age myself, but like a MySpace message, like other women just like speaking up. And then I think the worst one is just, you just have a feeling, you know, woman's intuition is so strong. Like you can't hide it. You just know. And what'd you do when you found out? You kind of freeze. You freeze. They say in psychology, when you have a moment of crisis, you have no control on your reaction. Zero. So if your partner or your friend or whoever that is experiencing an emergency and they react, whatever, like that's not who they are. That's just their brain, like putting that clutch down. And I just froze. I didn't know what to do. And I obviously confronted the situation like later. But in that moment, I froze because... I'm like, how could, you know, this person who I live, I've live, i lived with for five years have another life with somebody in a whole nother condo? Double life. Like, it's, it's shocking. And I always, maybe, I don't know why, but I always, I want to hear it from them. I want to hear, like, the words, like, yeah, I cheated on you. So then I could process it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been cheated on as well, and I wanted to hear him say, say it. it. Like, say it to my face. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna man up and do it, you need to man up and say it to my face. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, what would you say? How would you give him the opportunity to say it? I just call it. I just call it as it is, and just be like, "You're acting really weird, and this is like what I found, or this is this is what I feel, or what I think." And if there's receipts, <laughs> you can't deny it. Right. You can't. Right. You know, so after that, I feel I always tell people I'm like, listen, and I feel like when I start really liking somebody, I always say, I don't know what kind of person you've dated before, but if any given moment you are not down for this, just let me know and I will happily tap out. I'm not going to fight you on it. I'm not going to beg you to stay. Hell no. But just let me know. Yeah. And literally every guy after that has has said okay and they've let me know i'm not really feeling this or because men are so afraid the least the men i know i can't speak for all which is also something really important to remember when you're dating is uh the men i know are really afraid to make a woman cry so they would rather cheat (laughs) and be deceitful 
then well, then admit the honest truth like hey i'm just not into you anymore I know. I feel like it's such a coward move. I don't. It's like, such a coward move, right? right? Yeah. And just let me know. But then it's also like, who do you think you are to think that I'm that in love with you? Like, I can see a relationship is like tennis. Like, you can you can see when the other person's not swinging back. <laughs> yes. Affection, right? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense to me. Because you said you've been cheated on multiple times. Mm-hmm. Was there any changed behavior on your part? Did you reach a point where you were just like, is this a pattern for me? I think if people cheat, like people are just going to cheat. You can you could do everything right and they're still going to cheat, period. Has nothing to do with you. When people cheat, has nothing to do with you. I, I'm just going to repeat that. But I will say that I, for a long time, lacked the ability to be super vulnerable. And I think... Any masculine energy, whether it's whatever relationship, like craves that vulnerability. So I had to figure that out and like why I couldn't be vulnerable. I I don't know if that's the reason why they cheated on me, but that would be my, if you were to line up all my ex-boyfriends and sit sit them at a round table, they would all say that. She can't be vulnerable. Mm. Like she can by accident, you know, like tears come out, but... She can't be vulnerable on a normal basis. So now that I'm older and more comfortable with who I am, I could be way more vulnerable. Have you done personal growth work? 1,000%. From the cheating and things like that, did you have to go <clears throat> on like a healing journey? Well, yeah, for sure. I think the last like super big heartbreak I had, I was like 32. And I was just like, I cannot believe I'm here again. Like I'm not doing it. I despise the question when people are like, why are you single at 37? Because you don't want to sit there and explain your whole story. <laughs> like, I don't want to be a wet blanket. I'm like, that's like a whole different conversation that I don't I don't think we have enough time for. But I'm in a space now where before I made so many mistakes and I was really looking for love in order to like love myself in a weird way. And I had to do a lot of unpacking with that. I had to embrace all the dark sides of me that I was like really ashamed about because culturally the Asian culture they're like so good about shaming <laughs> oh yeah oh, so they, good love shaming. It. they love it they love it right <laughs> so the self-talk that we're taught at a very young age is shame and I haven't dated within like my culture in a really long time because I dislike that about the Asian culture is like that shame unpacking that and I didn't want to like have a mirror held up. Now it's different. Now I've done the work, and now a gentleman is a gentleman. Who cares what what category or who they are? In in some sense, as long as there's an attraction there. But I think that me lacking vulnerability is me not accepting certain sides of me because I was like ashamed of that. But there's nothing to be ashamed of. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, no, that <laughs> like, was a big one. That's a big to, one. Yeah. To unpack, right? To Who un- cares? Right. <laughs> because our parents' generation, they care a lot. A lot. What, what other people It's very societal. Think. Yes. To the point where it's, that's, it's a, that, that's a part that I also felt was hard culturally, especially if you were more of an independent thinker. Or, I mean, we're, we're born here. So it's just different, right? It's different. I had a really hard time with that. I I would say I wish it was talked about more for Asian Americans who are first generation here in the States, even second generation sometimes, because 
let's be honest, like my siblings are still very traditional and I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, unpacking the shame in your self-work, it will change your life. It, it definitely changed my life. I would say the last couple of Zoom calls I've had with old friends are like, you're just so different. Like, what did you do? And I was like, I'm just not ashamed of who I am anymore. I am who I am. And there was a couple of times BC before COVID <laughs> that I went on dates. These guys would say certain things to me and I would just be like, I really don't care what you think of me. It's really none of my business. It's not. A, and that reaction it was the same as theirs. They were like, <laughs> oh, and I was like, it's really none of my business what you think of me. Yeah, it's true. Right. Because it's if someone is out to always look for the bad in you. Yeah. Like then that's their MO. Yeah. I, I don't surround myself with people like that. Yeah, same. Well, that's why I like hanging out with you, too. Because, <laughs> because of that, right? Yeah, because I everyone hits lows, right? And We it's, all do. It's we all so do. Human. And I think the difference is some people like staying in the lows. They actually, maybe because it feels familiar, they like staying in it. Mm -hmm. Where I, I feel like it doesn't feel good. I don't like it. So I do my best to not be there for too long. What can I do to get out of it and I feel like you've done the work and you also yeah it's miserable like who wants to be there no I, I don't like it and um I get pushback sometimes on my social media when maybe it sounds too positive or something like that and sometimes it's just like the vibrations don't match if someone's not there it maybe it sounds like too much yeah but I mean that's just proof I just feel like you tend to hang out with people who like to be at the same baseline mm -hmm. and where Mine tends to be more on the happy side. <laughs> feel good. I like yeah. to feel good. But also recognizing that you could hit lows. I Like both you and I, we weren't feeling so great like the last few days for different reasons. Mm -hmm. That's okay. And I think there's a, a difference when talking about personal growth and doing the work. It doesn't mean you can't feel those things or it's bad to feel those things. It's just right. acknowledging it and then taking responsibility. What am I going to do about it so I can feel better. I, I get that feedback a lot as well. And I, I'm not as open with my life as you. But I will say like, my mom, <laughs> she's so dramatic. Everything is like tears and everything is so theatrical. I guess my coping mechanism is to I laugh inappropriately <laughs> when things are really serious. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've gotten so, in so much trouble because yeah. of it, like in business meetings. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm sorry. So me being positive is like, I just don't think anything is that serious where it's like, you know, detrimental to to your mental health, if that makes sense. And and if people don't get that, then they just don't get that. Which is OK. I'm Which just, is OK. That's, that's when I'm like, well, you do you. you yeah. Know? I, I never want to tell anyone what to do. But I also I don't like being told what to do. Absolutely <laughs> so when I get not. those comments, I'm like, why don't you just if you don't like it, just unfollow. Like, yeah, I'm not asking you to feel the same way I do. I mean, if you're not in the arena, then you should not be talking. That's <laughs> what I always tell people. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so um, with the healing and self-love, I think we'll always continue to do self-love. Something I'm going to bring up, which some people might find controversial. And I've told you, I let all my close friends know I microdosed during the pandemic. And mushrooms? Yeah. Okay. Microdose mushrooms. You you never feel high. Let's it's not like You're conscious. You're, you're conscious. You can drive all the things. I just felt like this dark cloud over my head and 
I had done a lot of therapy and I didn't want to do ayahuasca. I was meditating and I was just reading all the books and all the things, but I just felt really mentally blocked. So I was like, okay, girl, bottoms up. And, you know, I did a lot of unpacking and more things came up that I just didn't even know that I subconsciously had in the back of my mind. What's an example of one of those things that came up? So when you microdose, you have really vivid dreams. And I had a lot of vivid dreams of really like hurtful moments when I was like a teenager or like a kid. And I would just wake up like bawling my eyes. And I like went back into therapy. I didn't realize I was even holding on to this because if you don't, you know, for all those who haven't done therapy or maybe you haven't done like the super trauma work, which I totally understand it. it you have to be in a certain place and a certain part of your life and in between projects maybe to to go there. But when you do go there, sometimes you, a boy or a girl, hurt your feelings when you were seven and in your mind you made that decision and you carry that into your like your adulthood. You don't even know, Yeah. right? So that happened and I was like, oh, oh. Can you share one of the examples of a story when you were like seven and what you made up from that moment? When I was little, I, I was always really vocal about how I felt. And my parents just, you know, they call it emotional bids. And they just did not listen. So in my dream, like seven-year-old Jasmine is just like screaming. And typically when I'm screaming in my dreams, nothing comes out. But in this particular dream, I can hear her like loud. And so emotional. Yeah. Yeah, the little girl right in you so I went to therapy and I was like you know I have a lot of unpacking to do it's it's a it was a lot and I've I've done a lot of uh reflecting during the pandemic and I just didn't I didn't even realize that was something that I like held on to Mm -hmm. yeah those moments are really painful, the ones you uncover as. Yeah. And most of them do stem from childhood. They do. I recommend if you were to do microdosing, you know, you have a therapist on hand. I use betterhelp.com. It's not sponsored, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a platform where you can email or text them on their app and then a therapist gets back to you in business hours. And then I had like a weekly therapist I spoke to. And then I also just, just to make sure it was safe, I talk to a psychiatrist and I was like hey I did this can you just do a mental check on me yeah and she was really for it she was like you you did it right you know she's like I wish when people do do this work they have like a therapist on hand and they check in yeah that's super important to do don't just do it and then have a mental breakdown <laughs> that's not good yes I think you if you have access to help like therapist, mm-hmm. psychiatrist. It's really helpful. I think just having a neutral person there too. Right. A, a trick, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and a trick if you feel like you can't afford mental health is when a therapist is in, you know, getting their credentials and they need to put in certain hours, there are centers that offer really inexpensive care. There's another person, the psychiatrist listening and also guiding you may not click with that person, but at least you have a medical professional who is guiding you. The biggest fallacy is in mental health is people, they don't go because they're like, this person doesn't understand me or this person, 
I don't click with that person. So what are you going to do? Just like sit in misery for a long time, unpack it yourself, and then put that weight on your friends and family? No, you need to unpack it. Yeah. It's it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. I mean, if you really feel like you're not clicking with one, then go look for another, for another. one. Just be proactive about exactly. it. Try different things. things. Sometimes, you know, if you try therapy and it just doesn't seem to be that effective for you, there's different methods, coaches, workshops. And I think the way that someone speaks to you mm -hmm. tends to be important that you receive it well because right. two people can say the same thing to you but you might receive it better from someone else right so that's it's also the process of learning about yourself too right. what works for me and i think approaching it with curiosity and Always. being gentle with yourself being too. gentle curiosity Ooh, i know one. that's a big one there's always going to be versions of yourself as you grow 25-year-old Jasmine is not the 30-year-old Jasmine is not 35-year-old Jasmine. Like I'm always going to be evolving. And that is something that I don't think a lot of people that I have been with understand that the person that you meet today is not going to be the same five years from now. Yeah. And some people have called me crazy because I, I want to grow and change and move and shake in different directions how I see it is like, you're stuck. <laughs> you're crazy for, for staying there. Like, you want a name call? Well, it's clear you value growth, which I value growth as well. Right. I do know some people who they, actually Pete is a little bit like this, my husband, where he's just a very content guy. He's very happy. He's open to doing the things I like to do, like go to certain conferences or yeah. if, I'm like, look at this YouTube video. He's open to it, but he doesn't seek it out mm -hmm. his version of happiness is i think in a sense easier than mine because of mine i really want to push growth and being like that shining star version of me yeah. all the time where his is a little more simple where he you know has his friends in venice right. has his routine loves taking care of the plants and you know playing with our dog and part of me wishes it was like easier for me like that. i'm like He's just gonna die a really happy guy. <laughs> like he doesn't need that much stimulation. <laughs> but he's very like athletic. I mean, he he still plays like soccer games, which is difficult for me. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, that's very difficult. Finding your happiness, whatever that is, yes. is a big one. Yeah. And that takes a long time. You gotta be really gentle with yourself. I think we were out out somewhere and someone said, When was the last time you were like really happy? I was like, What? <laughs> you know, I couldn't think of anything because I, I think generally speaking, I'm a pretty go lucky, happy person because I've done the work and I don't feel like the weight of anything. I find joy in like the little things. And then I feel super humbled and blessed when we get to experience like the luxury things. It doesn't always have to be that, but it's nice. It's nice to be on a yacht sometimes. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> I love that stuff, too. <laughs> you know, but keep, I'm also happy, like, drinking a coffee and yeah. sitting on the beach on a blanket. Keep it simple. Keep but, it simple. But you only live once. Why wouldn't you want to enjoy if the opportunity presents, Right. If the opportunity <laughs> presents itself, you hop on the yacht. All right. So let's talk about currently dating in L.A. What is dating like right now? Pre-BC, like pre-before covid I would say have been in a space where I 
will not put up with any like toxic masculinity at all. And actually, this happened a couple of times to me where, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, do you do you want to go to brunch? I love to brunch, by the way. Cece and I brunch quite often. All of our friends brunch. It's just our normal activity, right? Men, you go play ball. We brunch. So it's like <laughs> basketball and brunch. Same thing. Same, same. <laughs> and, um, you know, my sister, like, who's very, we're very close. She was just like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? There's this new place in Pasadena. Let's go grab brunch. And I was with this person that I was uh, dating. And I was just like, do you want to come with me? And then he, like, freaked out. And I just did not really understand. Like, he freaked out because I asked you him wanted to go to brunch. And my sister was going to be there. He just was like, are you trying to trap me? <laughs> so... I, I did not respond well. I looked at him and I was like, do I look like somebody that needs to trap somebody? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and if I was, it wouldn't be you. <laughs> I would say now dating in LA, if you're on the apps, <laughs> if somebody says they're 5'11", they're five six. Oh yeah, no. If, if the guy's under six feet, they tend to add a couple inches. But if they're above six feet, it's usually pretty accurate. And their photos are a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have to like investigate. Like you have to look at the scale of like be what's behind him. <laughs> like if he's standing by a doorway and he's like halfway, he's not five eleven, lady. <laughs> you got to go in and dig I, I, on the IG. <laughs> I usually say they add a couple inches. They on. do. They do. I know myself really well. I, I've done the work and I'm continuing to, to do the work. And I was having this conversation the other day with my therapist. I'll preface this like when I have a problem in life or when I have like a curiosity about something, my friends and I, we literally talk about all sides of it because one, we don't want to be blindsided. We want to know everything and we want to make the best decision as possible. I think because I am an executive and I have to do a lot of crisis management, my brain just works that way now. So when I'm like out on a date and someone makes a, a comment and I want to explore and stay curious a little bit and I have like an opposing view, it's an automatic she's attacking me. Then the date like goes south and I'm like, what just happened? I just spent $100 on this and this is what <laughs> Meaning her face. But, you In know, case you're not watching I the really video. I really beat my face. I'm like for every like squirt skin routine, skincare, it's like a dollar. <laughs> you know, and I have like a 12-step program. So I'm sitting there stunned. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh my God. And my therapist says, he's like, Jasmine, you know, you're, you don't really surround yourself with people who don't really know themselves. So when you're with someone who doesn't know themselves and you do what you guys normally do and they don't have a strong sense of self, it's considered an attack. Mm, yeah. And they feel unsafe. And mm -hmm. even though you're the sweetest person, you have good intentions, that's how they see it. You broke a barrier of safety. So I feel like walking on like like mines. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> like a bomb is going to explode when I go. I just I really don't know. And I would consider myself super educated and my friends. So for me to like sit silently and like nod, like that's just not, yeah, it's not me. You. It's mm -hmm. not me. And COVID has really affected 
you know, the hospitality industry, you know, your husband was affected as well. Hospitality community, we really kind of banded together and there's a lot of grief there. All of us got laid off. Some of us haven't worked in like a year. You know, it's coming like we're going to hop back on the bandwagon. So I don't necessarily feel comfortable dating right now because I don't want I don't want another trauma. Right. I don't want to deal with one more trauma of somebody like freaking out. on me. <laughs> right? Well, the, I mean, there is a lot for ourselves to carry right now. That is a with lot. What's going on? It's a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm open to it. And I have had a couple of people slide in my DMs because I think a lot of people want to feel safe. People from the past or people who are like friends. And I'm like, I've seen your IG stories. You're messy. I'm not going there. I I don't want to go there with you. Yeah. I I think for a lot of people, space is just limited right now. And tolerance. Super limited. Just because we're dealing with our own stuff. Yeah. And I think everyone's just more sensitive to everything, which is okay. Which is fine. But it's it's just good to know where you are. I mean, you're, yeah. you are very self-aware. You're clear on what you want. I mean, I was going to have a hot girl summer in 2020. I was going to go on a world tour. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I had my, New York, Paris, London, South Africa. It was all lined up and I was going to have the time of my life. But, you know, Mother Nature had other plans. <laughs> Just say someone did slide into your DMs and he seems very well balanced. He doesn't think you're out to trap him. <laughs> he can have he can hold His an intellectual conversation. conversation and actually debate in a healthy way about things. Would you be open to going out with him? Yeah, I would be open, but I I would proceed with caution. What does that mean? Like getting to know each other? Slowly? I'm at a I'm at a point in my life where I'm not super attached to like anything, but I I get really excited. I get really hopeful. I don't need to like plan our wedding, <laughs> you know, which a lot of our friends do when they meet somebody. I think women in the very beginning stages, what we do is, can I see him as a husband? Can I, you know, or I just say myself, I, I'm not gonna speak for all of us. I apologize. For myself, I used to be like, can I see him? Would he be a good partner? All the things. When I looked back at my journals, I did that quite often and I it took like the fun out of it. So I think the f- first priority is can we just like hang out? <laughs> really simple. Like, Can we just hang out? Do you even like me? I think something not a lot of people even think about because they may have sex sooner and that clouds your judgment. And some people, that's very controversial to say. Some of my friends are like, so what are you going to do? Wait like months? I'm like, no, I just want to know if they like like me. Do you like me? When you have a bad day, do you want to tell me about it? Because I would want to know. And I don't want somebody to just keep the bed warm or, or keep me company. I mean, I do want someone to keep me company, but I don't want to date anybody who's just like lonely. You just know? Like they're there just because they're there. Yeah, that's miserable to me. I think people date because they're lonely. And um, I'm not lonely. That's something that I had to really look at in my 30s is loneliness is you building this wall around you and, you know, holding it all in. And now when I'm having a hard time, I do let friends and family know I am having a hard time. And it doesn't feel so lonely when you do that. That's a great 
tip because when you are feeling lonely, I do feel like sometimes it's easy to not want to open up and it gets way worse. So hard. So whenever (laughs) I'm in that space and I want to like get in my bed and go there, I say, no, you this is when you actually need to call a friend or hang out with a friend. Right. You hang out with and tell them and tell them. I suffer from severe anxiety and I didn't want to stay on meds forever. And so in my 30s, I worked really hard on a spiritual level, on a scientific level. How do I unpack this? Because my anxiety was making poor decisions for me. Your anxiety lies to you. If you, if anyone, and you know, mental health, it's, it's the biggest lie. The biggest lie meaning your mental health will lie to you. So talk to a friend, talk to a therapist about it, unpack those things a bit. Where now I, I'm really clear on a lot of things and I can see like a train coming. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that you were on anti-anxiety medication. Yeah, in my 20s I was. For how, for for, how many years? For like on and off for like 10 years because it does numb you. Okay, so that the lows aren't too low? is What it does the- is the lows aren't too low, but it equalizes. So if you blow up quite often then you should get on antidepressants. <laughs> and I only say that because people who love you and people who are around you can only handle so many blowouts besides your family. And even then that's toxic, right? It's not fair to do to other people. Right. And it just be- because they're your family or they're close to you, does they don't deserve that. N- they absolutely you don't deserve that. I mean? and, and that's not why they're here to <laughs> right. take, like to, to take be your punching, punching bag. bag. Yeah. And that is something that is that you have to unpack in self like care and self love is we all have toxic traits. Yes. And when I listen to myself talk about things, looking back, and if you're listening to me as my friend, you're gonna always be biased and supportive of me, right? And the guy's the martyr <laughs> and I'm the victim. But it's also like I'm dating that person. So what toxic traits do I have? Because I have them. It says all my ex-boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> and jasmine you recognize you take responsibility, I, I take responsibility for, for it you know i take accountability for it when things do turn left we're not doing this we're not i'm, I'm not i'm not doing this not because i don't care but it's toxic i think learning how to fight clean is also really important and when i say fight clean what i mean is we're always going to have a difference of opinion, but the intention is to understand each other better. So in the end, if I could understand you a little bit better, even if we don't agree, then that's a win. I think a lot of times when people argue, well, he doesn't agree or she doesn't agree with me. We're so different. Let's end this. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not how it works. Yeah. If you want intimate long-term Term. relationships, you need to learn to fight Clean. Clean. Something I used to always do is in fights, I would bring up like, you did this. And I mean, I, I'm the queen of encyclopedia of receipts. And my exes used to always be like, that happened like eight months ago. But you still, you did it. You did it. <laughs> you know, that's fighting dirty. That's a lot of also luggage to carry. It is. And that's what I've learned so far from being married is if something's bothering me, you need to address, address it. it ASAP. Because when those things start to build up, 
is when resentment starts to build up. That's when the eight months ago you did this comes right. out if you never right. addressed it. And that's not fair to them. That's not fair because to Because they, they probably had no idea. Like, what? Like, right. <laughs> what happened eight months ago? And when there's a conflict, the reason why it's so painful is you're in conflict with yourself if you don't speak up. If you're hearing me complain about somebody, but I'm not talking to the other person, then that's my bad. It's yeah. not their bad. It's my bad. And that was like breakthrough moment. What? I'm toxic. <laughs> not now, but right. then. So right now, are you on the dating apps right now? Do you ever swipe? Negative. But I, we always, I live in a, a loft building. We all, like our friends, we're like potted up. You know, on Tuesdays, we do Tinder Tuesday. We put it up on Apple TV. <laughs> we commentate and we drink. I'm quite happy kind of with where I am. And, and I'm just, I'm figuring out I would say I'm a little more masculine in a way where if my career isn't where it needs to be, mm-hmm. I don't want anything else till I figured that part out. Where I think if you're a little bit more feminine in that lane, you can not know what's going on and still date. Where me, like I need to have. It's priorities too. It's, it's important to It's you. important to me. Like my career is a big part of my, of who I am. And I 100% know that I will get back on that horse. And I know it's it's okay to be in a transition. It's a very vulnerable place to be when you're like a career like oriented woman is to be in this vulnerable place. Like I'm still learning that, which is it's a hard to admit. So tapping into vulnerability, what things have you done specifically that have helped you become more vulnerable? When you notice a character flaw in yourself, it's about taking baby steps and practicing with your friends and family. Even just speaking up, my mental health is at a seven today and I can't show up for you right now. I don't know why it's like pulling teeth for me to say that. <laughs> it is because I'm I'm always that pillar of support for like everybody around me. When when things hit the fan, who do they call? They call me and I'm like crisis management. And during the last 12 months, I haven't been able to really show up in that way. That doesn't take away who I am to that person and it took me a really long time to like say that out loud without having a hard time accepting that do your friends do they receive that well when you say it oh my god they're like did hell freeze over (laughs) they're like what is going on (laughs) I would say everyone close to me has been like you know you you really have done a lot of growth and they feel closer to me that I've been vulnerable. What I'm learning is I can be vulnerable if there's trust there. Maybe I haven't been vulnerable in the past because maybe my body has sensed I can't trust this person. So now I know I can't be vulnerable with somebody unless I super trust you. Or I think some people can just cry on a a drop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so you have to feel safe. Yeah. That's, I mean, a basic human human need. Right. To feel safe. That's one of the things I looked for when looking for my life partner. Said, I have to feel safe, like so safe with this person. It was one of the top on my list. I I wanted ease and I wanted to feel safe because I hated when I did not feel safe with someone. I may say something different next year, but I also feel like I need to be with somebody who's kind of like been through some things because. I'm not going to feel safe with you if you haven't. Life is 
there's so many things that are coming and with my life partner I, like you know it's like an, the amazing race like you want to you want to be with someone who knows how to figure things out i don't necessarily um want to be with somebody who's just never had a trauma in their life or like doesn't even recognize that right, right? that hasn't gone there Right. To the pits of hell and back. And I'm not saying like I want to be with somebody who's like a Debbie Downer in a wet blanket. That's that's not what I'm saying. I think like a mature man, you know, he's manned up to some things and I've womaned up to some things in my life. And so there's like an equality there. Finding he that. Can meet you. Right. He there. can meet me there. Mm-hmm. Finding somebody who knows how to build with another individual. I mean, I think. A big thing is dating somebody who has like a really strong mom because they have seen they've seen this like really strong female. I'm not saying that that's not all men, but what I'm what I'm learning is someone who has a strong it could be their grandma and their aunt, whoever. If they have a strong female in their family or someone close to them, we can get along a little bit better. I think it tends to be easier when they've been exposed to that. There is some understanding and familiarity with that. Uh, right. Or if he has like sisters. Mm-hmm. I know some men who it's either single child or all brothers. And it's it's a little more difficult for them to understand. I don't have it in me to coddle somebody. <laughs> yeah. I, I think when you get older you know, too, your just, time <laughs> is just like. <laughs> I, I say it with grace. Yeah. One thousand percent. It's what, yeah. it's not what you say. It's how you say it. When I, I, I'm always kind. But. I don't know if I have it in me to like teach a man how to treat a woman. Over the years, I lost patience for that. In my twenties, <laughs> I was way more patient with that. Right. But I got to a point where I said, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to have to train you. I don't want to raise a man. No, I don't. I'm done with that. I I'm want. Gonna, I want children. I'm going to raise a young man. <laughs> but... I want someone who's ready, who has right. done the work, who knows who they are. Yes, to to meet me because I I had done the fixing the where I was trying to inspire them and mm-hmm. pull them. Mm-hmm. After a while, I was like, I'm good. I, I don't. I, I don't need to do that. I'm tired. <laughs> I am tired. But I, I will say I have a 12-year-old nephew. And we talk a lot about life. And he, he really knows what's going on. You know, you, you can't hide what's going on in the news from a 12-year-old who's in front of an iPad all day. His IQ, emotional IQ, is so high. And he says all these things. And so in the back of my mind, and I'm dating someone who's not there my 12-year-old nephew is smarter than you with his emotions. Because <laughs> somewhere along the way, I think, you know, you learn how to behave a certain way. And it's your job to unpack that, not not my job. Absolutely. I agree. Not that I, like, compare everyone to my 12-year-old nephew because that's weird. But I think that there's something to be something to be said there. So to finish off, for women who are on their self-love journey, healing journey, and who want to do the work on themselves... What advice would you give to them? I would say just be super gentle with yourself. And when I say gentle, it's okay to pull back way back with your schedule. And if you're a career-oriented person, like you know what you're doing to get yourself to that next level and apply that to your personal life and really let people around you know that you're shifting gears because you're going to shed a lot of friends. You're going to shed a lot of people in your life when you're doing that work. And that's okay. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. (laughs) This is so fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings, and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.